Volume 4, Chapter 1 of A Simple Story. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joyce Martin. A Simple Story by Elizabeth Inchbald. Volume 4, Chapter 1. A letter from Gifford, Lord Elmwood's house steward, to Miss Woodley. Madam, my lord, above a twelfth month ago, acquainted me he had permitted his daughter to reside in his house, but at the same time he informed me the grant was under a certain restriction, which, if ever broken, I was to see his then determination, of which he also acquainted me, to put in execution. In consequence of Lady Matilda's indisposition, madam, I have ventured to delay this notice till morning. I need not say with what concern I now give it, or mention to you, I believe, what is forfeited. My lord stayed but a few hours yesterday after the unhappy circumstance on which I write took place, nor did I see him after, till he was in his carriage. He then sent for me to the carriage door, and told me he should be back in two days' time, and added, Remember your duty. That duty, I hope, madam, you will not require me to explain in more direct terms. As soon as my lord returns, I have no doubt, but he will ask me if it is fulfilled, and I shall be under the greatest apprehension should his commands not be obeyed. If there is anything wanting for the convenience of your and Lady Matilda's departure, you have but to order it, and it is at your service. I mean likewise any cash you may have occasion for. I should presume to add my opinion where you might best take up your abode, but with such advice as you will have from Mr. Sandford, mine would be but assuming. I would also have waited upon you, madam, and have delivered myself the substance of this letter, but I am an old man, and the changes I have been witness to in my lord's house since I first lived in it have increased my age many years and I have not the strength to see you upon this occasion. I loved my deceased lady, I love my lord, and I love their child. Nay, so I am sure does my lord himself, but there is no accounting for his resolutions, or for the alteration his disposition has lately undergone. I beg pardon, madam, for this long intrusion, and am, and ever will be, while you and my lord's daughter are so, your afflicted humble servant. Robert Gifford, Elmwood House, September 12th. When this letter was brought to Miss Woodley, she knew what it contained before she opened it, and therefore took it with an air of resignation. Yet, though she guessed the momentous part of its contents, she dreaded in what words it might be related, and having now no essential good to expect, hope that will never totally expire, clung at this crisis to little circumstances, and she hoped most fervently the terms of the letter might not be harsh, but that Lord Elmwood had delivered his commands in gentle language. The event proved he had, and lost to every important comfort, she felt grateful to him for this small one. Matilda, too, was cheered by this letter, for she expected something worse, and the last line in which Gifford said he knew his lordship loved her she thought repaid her for the purport of the other part. Sanford was not so easily resigned or comforted. 
He walked about the room when the letter was shown to him, called it cruel, stifled his tears, and wished to show his resentment only. But the former burst through all his endeavors, and he sunk into grief. Nor was the fortitude of Matilda, which came to her assistance on the first onset of this trial, sufficient to arm her, when the moment came she was to quit the house, her father's house, never to see that or him again. When word was brought that the carriage was at the door, which was to convey her from all she held so dear, and she saw before her the prospect of a long, youthful, and healthful life, in which misery and despair were all she could discern, that despair seized her at once. And gaining courage from it, she cried, "'What have I to fear if I disobey my father's commands once more? He cannot use me worse.' I'll stay here till he returns, again throw myself in his way, and then I will not faint but plead for mercy. Perhaps were I to kneel to him, kneel like other children to their parents, and beg his blessing, he would not refuse me. You must not try, said Stanford mildly. Who, cried she, shall prevent me from flying at my father? Have I another friend on earth? Have I one relation in the world but him? This is the second time I have been turned out of his house. In my infant state my cruel father turned me out, but then he sent me to a mother. Now I have none, and I will stay with him. Again the steward sent to let them know the coach was waiting. Sanford, now with a determined countenance, went coolly up to Lady Matilda, and taking her hand, seemed resolved to lead her to the carriage. Accustomed to be awed by every serious look of his, she yet resisted this, and cried, Would you be the minister of my father's cruelty? Then said Sanford solemnly to her, Farewell, from this moment you and I part. I will take my leave, and do you remain where you are at least till you are forced away, but I'll not stay to be driven hence, for it is impossible your father will suffer any friend of yours to continue here after this disobedience. Adieu. I'll go this moment said she, and rose hastily. Miss Woodley took her at her word and hurried her immediately out of the room. Sanford followed slow behind as if he had followed at her funeral. When she came to that spot on the stairs where she had met her father, she started back and scarce knew how to pass it. When she had, there he held me in his arms, said she, and I thought I felt him press me to his heart. But I now find I was mistaken. So Sanford came forward to hand her into the coach. Now you behave well, said he. By this behavior you do not entirely close all prospect of reconciliation with your father. Do you think it is not yet impossible, cried she, clinging his hand? Gifford says he loves me, continued she, and do you think he might yet be brought to forgive me? Forgive you, cried Sanford. Suppose I was to write to him and entreat his forgiveness. Do not write yet, said Sanford, with no cheering accent. The carriage drove off, and as it went, Matilda leaned her head from the window to survey Elmwood House from the roof to the bottom. She cast her eyes upon the gardens, too, upon the fish-ponds, even the coach-houses and all the offices adjoining, which, as objects that she should never see again, she contemplated as objects of importance. End of chapter 1, volume 4, 
Recording by Joyce Martin.